Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see everyone. I'm, hope, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, you're glad you're here. Um, we started a new series, meaning we talk about a topic for several weeks. Uh, we started last week called Destinations, and today's topic is looking ahead. I'm going to warn you, if you weren't here last week, we'll review a little bit. I'm going to kind of push you a little bit. I'm going to poke you, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, it's God, not me. Um, so, part of my goal this morning is to make you a little uncomfortable, all right? I'll just give you that heads up. So, quick review. Uh, this series is about something called the PATH Principle. If you're not a Jesus follower, we're glad that you're here if you're watching. This is not a religious principle. This is just a principle principle, like, kind of like gravity, all right? It's true in, all, in lots of aspects of life. And we understand it when it comes to directions. We used this example last week. If you want to get on 95 headed to Florida, if you go on 95 headed north, will you get to Florida? No. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how good your intentions were. Uh, if you're headed north, you're not going to get to Florida. Everybody understands that. I don't think anybody would argue with me about that. The problem is, this is the principle that applies to all of life, but we don't apply it to all of life. And there seems to often be a disconnect with the path principle with other areas of our lives, between where we want to end up and the path we choose. My path is Florida, I got to go south. My destination is Florida, I gotta, my path's got to be south. All right, so what about relationships? What, what is your destination in your relationship? What, in your finances, in your health, in your profession, what is your destination? And are you on the path that gets you there? And so often, it's not. And now we're going to talk about, for outsiders looking at your life, it's frustrating. So we kind of summarize it this way, help you to remember. We win or lose by the path we choose. I win and get to Florida, head it south. When I go to north, north I lose. It, it, it's just a reality. What about relationships? What about finances? What about profession? Uh, what about health issues? What about all these other areas of life? Uh, school issues. And one other thing, and then we'll jump into today. The issue isn't where you are now. You're sitting in a church service right now. But what are you going to do when you leave here, what are you going to do this week? What are you going to do this month? What is the path? Where is the path taking you? I think this is a good part of the path, being in, in worship on a Sunday morning. But where are you headed in all these different areas of your life? So I want to start with a question. Here's the question. <clears throat> How do you know which path is best for you? All right. Hopefully you're convinced path determines destination. So how do I know what's the best path to get to what destination I want to get to? Because none of us want to wake up, depending on your age, in your 30s and say, well, I wasted my 20s. That didn't get me where I wanted to be. Of course, it gets worse as you get older. I'm in my 60s and, uh, you know, the, the path I've been on hasn't taken me where I wanted to go. Reality is you only get one life. You only get one chance at high school. You only get your one chance at your first time to go to college. You only get one chance at that first marriage. Uh, you only get one chance at a lot of things. You can't undo the past. You can't redo it. Nobody who said, I want to waste my 20s or I want to waste my life being on the wrong path. Nobody says that. But how do we know? For example, I've been married for 43 years. 
only been married once. So before I got married, how did I know <laughs> this was the right per- person to marry? And how do I know if I'm the right person for that person to marry? That's a huge question. How, how, how do you know? And how do you know the way you deal with alcohol or drugs or some other issues? How do I know that it's going to take me where I want to go? So we're going to use just one Bible verse that kind of states the, the uh, path principle, and then we're going to just kind of dig into that, look at some ramifications. Here's the verses in Proverbs 21, I mean 27, 12. A prudent or wise person. Want to be wise? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what you do. You foresee danger and take precautions. If there's a cliff ahead of you, you, you veer off so you don't fall off the cliff. It's common sense, right? But the simple or the not so wise, be kind, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences, falls off the cliff. Nobody in those terms would probably do that. So, this is important enough. I'm going to repeat it several times. Why don't we repeat it together? All right, everybody ready? A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So nobody wants to be a simpleton. We all want to be prudent or wise, right? Give you kind of a visual. The message paraphrase gives us kind of a visual, the same thing. The the prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. If somebody's taking a swing at you, the the wise thing to do is duck. A simpleton walks blindly on and is clobbered. Nobody wants to be clobbered, right? You don't want to be clobbered in your finances, in your relationships. You don't want to be clobbered in your profession. Now, most of us have probably counseled other people. People have come to us, whether they're kids, some other relative, some friend of ours, and they're sharing their, I call it their mess. They made a mess with their life, right? Relationally, financially, whatever it might be. They made a mess with your life. And that person comes and shares with you. And a couple questions come to mind when people share with me. Obviously, a pastor, people do that. Here's, here, here's two questions I have for them. Didn't you see this coming? You know, your credit card debt was bigger this month than it was last month, more than it was the month before. I mean, didn't you see it coming? Most of the time, people will say, uh, if I'm honest, yes, I did. I, I saw it coming. My relationship with my spouse kept getting worse and worse and worse. We kept drifting farther and farther apart. Yeah, 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 I saw it coming. It didn't happen overnight, Right? And we talked about this other issue last week. Didn't anybody warn you? Now, when you're a kid, your parents usually warn you, right? Uh, if you've got a good marriage, your spouse will usually warn you. Sometimes we're not willing to listen. Um, but didn't anybody warn you? And if not, that's pretty serious. Either one, there's nobody that cares enough about you <laughs> to warn you. And hopefully that's not the situation of anybody here. The other thing is, if you've given somebody permission and they're not warning you, it's because they're afraid to warn you. Because you're going to blow up. You're going to react. So that's another bad issue. But yeah, most of the time we see it coming, and most of the time somebody warns us. So we have two, two, two people, two responses. One foresees the future, takes precaution. The other just blindly goes on, and what happens? Suffers, suffers, suffer 
consequences. Now, one reason uh, a person is wise, this next slide on the screen, a wise person sees life as connected. There's a cause and effect. If I neglect my spouse, then we're going to drift apart. If I spend more money than I make, I'm going to be in financial trouble. If I'm not productive at work, I'm going to lose my job. And again, we're not talking about things we can't control. If your company downsized and you got downsized, that wasn't in your control. We're talking about all, most of life is we have uh, control of the cause and the effect. <clears throat> so back to our question. How do we know what's the best path for, for us is? I'm going to give you two possible answers. Could be many this morning. Here's the first answer, and this is, goes back to a series we've done in the past. So how do I know well, in light of my past experiences, all of us have had past experiences. The older we are, the more of those we have. So in light of my past experiences, look back. And then looking forward, my future hopes and dreams, what destination I want to arrive at, in light of my past, in light of where I want to go, what's the wise thing to do? And we're going to talk about finances a little bit later, but if I want financial freedom, I can't spend more than I make, Right? But a naive person or the simpleton, on the other hand, doesn't see the connection. I can neglect my spouse and still expect a good relationship. I can abuse my finances and still feel uh, financially secure. No, 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 no. There's a cause and effect. So the wise person sees that this path has this result, and if it's not the results I want, they change. Talk about that. Changing the other. We change. Changing for the better. We want you to be your life to be better. We want you to be better at life. And so that's why we're sharing this principle with you. And the unwise or the simpleton, somehow there's a disconnect. I call it the illogic, the illogic, yeah, the illogic of wishful thinking. <laughs> I can neglect my kids and our relationship's going to be great. No, 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 no. That, that, that. You can't trick the principle. You can't trick the path principle. Headed north on 95 is not going to... I, there's no way I can trick the principle. And I, you can't trick it or have wishful thinking in these other areas either. Now, a little pet peeve of mine, and then we'll get back to the subject, but it's connected. Uh, next slide, please. We can confuse conviction and religious feelings with an authentic relationship with God. And let me explain to you what I, what I mean. Either you're here last week or maybe already this week. You say, yeah, 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 I, I'm on some bad paths. I, I, I should change. You feel convicted. You feel you, you have the realization, the knowledge that, yeah, I'm on the wrong path. It's not headed where I want to go. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, we say, well, that, that's God speaking to me. I'm having a religious experience. This is, this is good. I feel closer to God, which I hope you do. But the problem is we think that's enough. <laughs> Man, I had a really good worship experience today. I feel convicted about this thing in my life. I feel closer to God. And then we leave and don't do anything. Let me be a little bit harsh here. If that's the case, you just wasted your time being here. 
Honestly. In fact, it's worse than that. I call it a negative good. If you realize there's something you need to change, and just because you've got this feeling, you don't change anything, that's worse than not having the experience at all. Because you think you're good when you're not. It does more harm than good. All right, so there's my little pet peeve. (laughs) Back to our topic. Do you know the result of being prudent? It might surprise you a little bit. It might not be what you were expecting, but here it is. You look foolish. People think you're crazy. People think, why are you doing that? You know, if you choose to, let's just say, you choose to downsize financially because you want to have a more secure future. And people want, why would you do that? You're fine where you are. You look foolish. Uh, Back in the early 80s when Joshua was supposed to go to, our oldest son was supposed to go to kindergarten, we decided to homeschool. Well, back in the early 80s, hardly anybody was homeschooling. Hardly anybody heard about it. And people thought we were crazy. Our parents, our mothers thought we were crazy. You're going to look foolish. We started eating kind of strange now. We even eat stranger now, as most of you know. But we started eating strange now. And people thought we were, you know... made fun of us. Why don't you eat sugar? We went to Missionary Learning Center, and there was cafeteria, eat anything you want, and there was one other couple there with a little girl. They actually, we had quads, so there was four families that lived in the same building, and they specifically wanted to live in our quad. They, our kids and their daughter were the only children in our quad because they knew how we ate, and so there was not a temptation for their kids to eat sugar, and we wouldn't let our kids eat sugar. I mean, this is going back a long time ago. It just looks f- foolish, and people make fun of you, and they put pressure on you. But let's remember, the not wise, the foolish do what? Or not non-prudent, they do what? They don't foresee the future, and they, again, suffer. My kids would say they suffered by not eating sugar when they were kids, but... Uh, um, that's another topic. <clears throat> and another frustrating thing, especially in the religious community, is this. When people get in these bad situations, in these messes, often this is the reaction that they have or, or reaction I hear. How would God let me ha- this happen to me? How would God let me lose my house? How would God let my spouse leave me? How would my, my kids not want to spend any time with me? How? Well, folks, it, it wasn't God. The wonderful thing about God is He loves us enough to let us make choices. And we deal with our own choices. Let me use kind of a silly illustration. Gravity is a principle. Everybody knows gravity, right? Jump off a building and you, you hurt yourself or kill yourself, right? Well, those of us that have been parents, remember when the kids were about a year old and you started letting them go to try and walk and they take a step and fall over? You stand them back up, take another step, and they fall over. You know why we're born short? So when we fall over, it doesn't hurt. You don't have far to fall. Now, I run on the Appalachian Trail. Most of you know that. And sometimes I fall. Guess what? It hurts. I get bruises and scrapes and all kinds of things. And 
Most of you think I'm foolish. I understand that. Okay. <clears throat> so there is a point, and I hate to share this, but it's reality. There is a point at which there are no good options. There's just no good options. Financially, you know, I file bankruptcy, foreclose on my house, my spouse is going to leave me. You know, there's multiple options, but none of them are good. Relationally, you know, my spouse is going to leave me. I have to share that first, <laughs> first service. Uh, one day, Mrs. Back in our 13th year of marriage, my wife was driving around, came back and said, I was looking for a, a house to buy to leave you. I don't know how she could afford a house to buy, but anyway, that's what she was doing. Right. And there's a lot of bad options. Well, yeah, you know, I'll, you know, you can do this or you can do that. Uh, hopefully it's not what happened to anybody here, but maybe you spent the night with a guy and got pregnant and he's no potential spouse. Uh, not a lot of good options there, right? Single mom, abortion, hopefully you don't even consider that as an option. Uh, Adoption. Uh, it's a, sometimes we get to the point there's no good options. And one of the reasons I think is this there's so many people on this path that it can't be wrong, right? Majority of people live paycheck to paycheck. Can't be wrong. Well, yeah, it is. That's wrong. <laughs> it's interesting reading your Bible. You should read your Bible. A lot of fascinating stuff in there. In the Bible, most of the time, the majority is wrong. It's fascinating. Just one illustration. The Israelites go in the promised land. They sent out 12 spies. Many of you know the story. They all came back, gave a report. How many said, yeah, let's do what God wants us to do, take the land? How many, remember? Two. Two out of 12. Ten said what? No, can't do it. <laughs> the majority is often wrong. Especially if you're a Jesus follower, I don't believe the majority of our population, certainly the world population, are Jesus followers. So we can't use that as a criteria. And one other thing, we experience frustration and pain in our lives because we violate the principle. We try and break the principle, the principle breaks us. Again, if you neglect your relationships, they're not going to get, good, get better. If you neglect your finances, they're not going to get better. You're breaking the, you, you claim to be breaking the principle, but now the principle's breaking you. You are experiencing frustration and pain. You are suffering. So I want to talk about a little bit more about relationships and finances. First, first relationship. Never evaluate a relationship based on where it is, but based on where it's, go where it's going, where it's headed. The reality is it is where it is. You have no choice about that. You did in the past, but you don't now. But where is it headed? See, all relationships move. Relationships are never stagnant. They're either getting better or getting worse. You're getting more intimate, less intimate. It's getting easier. It's getting harder. And so, for example, if you're dating or if you're married and your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend comes to you and says, we need to talk, what do they say? Well, there's... We're getting off the right path. We're going down a path that, at least in their opinion, is not the right path. Now, there's options. To do. What do you do? Uh, you know what you're talking about. We're, we're fine. Hopefully, you don't do that. Hopefully, you say, okay, let's talk. 
you know, point out to me what needs to change. The key is do something, obviously something positive, not something negative. <clears throat> Hopefully this is not the case. Maybe you're spending some, maybe you're a married person spending more time with somebody that's not your spouse than you should be. We call it initially an emotional affair. When you're emotionally connecting to another person that's not your spouse. That's not the path you want to take. So evaluate your relationships. Where are they headed? Hopefully the destination is the destination you want. And then financially. Uh, big principle is this. The borrower is slave to the lender. And I always ask the question, anybody want to be a slave? Nobody raises their hands, right? If I ask how many people are in consumer, especially consumer debt, don't raise your hands, but lots of people are based, based on statistics. <clears throat> well, I don't want to be a slave, but I made myself a slave. Why did I do that? And if I say, oh, you woke, you, your goal in life was to have no financial margin, to live paycheck to paycheck. That was your goal in life, right? No, that's nobody's goal. So you need a path. You need to figure out principles that won't lead you to slavery, that won't lead you to no margin, that won't will leave you with financial headaches. That's just two examples. All right, so let me give you four principles, and then we'll, we're finished. Our four dynamics of the principle. First is action. All right? The difference between the first guy was what? He foresee, he foresee something and took precautions, took action, right? Well, let's put the verse up. <laughs> Prudent person foresees danger and takes action, takes precautions, does something to prevent the danger. The unwise or simpleton does what? Doesn't take action. And, of course, then you suffer, whether it's financially or relationally, whatever it might be. So, the wise person does something constructive or positive. It's not enough to have wishful thinking. It's not enough to feel bad. Oh, yeah, I need to do this. I need to change this. I need to... No, no, no. That, that doesn't help. Take action. Uh, the second one is the dynamic is sacrifice. The action always going to involve sacrifice. And we don't like sacrifice. You have to sacrifice buying everything you want so you can have financial freedom later. You have to sacrifice your time. My wife just gave me this simple illustration after the first service. She said, whenever I walk into a room now, you pause the TV so you can talk to me. I've done this, started doing this a long time ago. I'm sacrificing continuing to watch. It's not a big sacrifice because it's, it's paused. I can pick it back up. Um, in the old days, it was. I, I would miss some of the show. Um, but there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice of time. There's a sacrifice of what you want to do. Yeah, I want to go, go play golf, but I want to spend some time with my wife or my kids or go fishing or whatever your hobby is. Not that you shouldn't have hobbies and spend time to do that. So there's going to be sacrifice, and we don't like sacrifice. But you have to realize, is the destination you want? Is that the path you're on? Now, often what happens, especially when people when they're in this messy category, what happens is the pushback is often this. It's just too complicated. It's just too hard. You know, 
to fix my marriage, it's just, it's just going to be too hard. Fix my relationship with my kids, it's just going to be too hard. To get a financial freedom, it's just too hard. <laughs> and so we become paralyzed. We don't, we, we, we don't do anything. One of our problems with sacrifice is we're just undisciplined. And, and, and if you're a Jesus follower, this kind of bugs me because Jesus follower means disciple. Disciple means discipline. So it's implied if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you are disciplined. But we're not in so many areas of our life. We're just so undisciplined. And it's not godly. It's not honoring to God. And it's not good for us. But theologically, we believe we're empowered by God to be able to do the hard things, to do the sacrifice, to do the discipline. So God can't be blamed. We're at blame. The power's there. It's up to us. Now, third one I touched on earlier is embarrassment. People are going to make fun of you. People make fun of the way I, my wife and I eat. It's kind of, to us, it's kind of funny that they make fun of us. <laughs> but anyway... Somebody had us over to dinner this week, and they made us a vegan meal. That was very generous and kind of them. We, we appreciated that. Uh, when I run, people say, you're crazy. <laughs> Some people hate running. You don't have to run. You can swim. You can bike. The experts tell us one of the most important things for good health is aerobic exercise, three to five times a week, 20 minutes. You figure out what it is. You just do it. If you want to be healthy, if you're a cow's potato, doesn't add up to health. That's just... Just the reality. Medical experts will tell you this. One of the issues here, is it about today or is it about tomorrow? I was this Friday. I'm still not completely well. I'm getting better, some people have asked. And so it was pretty warm, so I went out for a run. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> uh, but again, it's about tomorrow. I want to continue to be healthy. I hadn't ran since Monday because it snowed on Tuesday. And so... Yeah, I had to get my exercise in. And those of you that do this understand this, right? So it's about tomorrow. It's about next year. It's about, you know, we talked about, you know, do I want to see my grandkids grow up and get married? Hopefully perform their marriage ceremonies. Well, yeah, I got to be around to do that, right? Got to take care of myself. And then the last one is the positive. It's the relief. I have no financial, or very little financial pressure. I don't have any consumer debt. I have a mortgage. Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't have uh, relationship pressure with my, my spouse. I need to work on that and work on that. And work. We're in a really good place. I told you I, my, my health is about as good as it can be for somebody my age. I've worked and worked and worked on that. So there's relief. You can relax. You can enjoy it. Nobody enjoys no financial Nobody enjoys health issues. Nobody enjoys relationship issues. One way I like to think about it is this. What if I hadn't? It's interesting. I do a small group of people that are mostly older than me on Thursday morning. And one of them's here. And once they tell me, they look at the obituaries every day. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you do when you get old. And they'll say, almost everybody dies. It was younger than me. Well, I guess that's a way of feeling good about yourself. Well, you know, I've lived past... Uh, majority of people, but what if you hadn't taken care of yourself? You might be one of those statistics. What if I hadn't got control of our, our finances 35, 40 years ago? Where would I be today? I'd be like the average person, living paycheck to paycheck. That'd be horrible. And what am I looking forward to in, in, in the future? Now, I want to give you 
some good news about our church. Uh, we really believe that debt's not good, and we've had two mortgages at different times, paid them off as quickly as we could, paid the last one off a couple of years ago, so the church, our church has no debt. We have these buildings, we even built the pavilion at no debt. Uh, we've got nine acres, no debt, no debt, no debt. Uh, I share with you back in July or sometime that we're, we were operating in the red as a church this year. I just got the financial report for last year, last yesterday. Treasurer, guess what? God's good. We finished the year in the black, folks. Thank you for your generosity. Yeah. Yeah. Back in July, it was thir- like $13,000. So the other thing is we've just taken a missions offering, right? Money to help missionaries spread the gospel all over the world. Almost $4,200. That was the total of our missions offering. So again, thank you for your generosity. All right. Well, let's finish this up. Here's what you think about. Now, I'm going to reword this because I, as I was saying it this morning, I thought, oh, not are you on a path or paths you need to get off of. We're all on paths we need to get off of. We need to cor- make corrections on. Now, for some of us, there's paths. And I understand. The big issue is just overwhelming, isn't it? So here's my advice. Pick one. And I think relationships are a priority. So if you've got a relationship that you need to work on, work on it. Figure out the path that gets you to the destination, in this case, a, a good relationship, whether with your kids, parents, spouse, whatever it is. Now, let me just say this, too. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. You can, you know, do the best you can with your health, and we're all going to die eventually, right? Uh, If the other person's not cooperating in the relationship, there's no guarantees. But you are responsible for you. And if you're Jesus, follow me, just say this. We're not just responsible for going down the path we want to go down or the destination we want to have. We have to ask ourselves, am I on the path that's taking me to the destination that Jesus wants me to have? That's a whole different topic, right? whole bigger. So am I treating my relationships like Jesus wants me to treat them? Am I dealing with my uh, finances the way Jesus wants me to deal with them? Uh, That's the question. And probably all of us have some path that we need to at least make corrections on. So another answer to that question, how do I need, how do I know? And if you're Jesus follower, I'm going to suggest a prayer to you. All right? Here's the prayer, some form of this. Heavenly Father, please help me see trouble coming long before it gets here. I don't want to say, oh, it's going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> you know, the bill collector's coming tomorrow. No, no, no. I want to see it way ahead. And give me the wisdom to know what to do. All right? So I know that this is an area I need to work on, then give me the wisdom to know what to do. Uh, will God answer that prayer? Absolutely. But here's, I think, where many of us fall short. This is why we don't keep good news resolutions. And also give me the courage to do it, the strength to do it, the willpower, whatever word you want to use. Most of us know what we need to do more than we do, what we do, don't we? Just be honest. So let's pray that prayer, and God will, it will empower you to do it if you're willing to cooperate with Him. So let's pray. We'll have a song and let you go. Hopefully you can join us the next two weeks as we continue on this huge 
important topic. Uh, Father God, thank you. We thank you for this principle. We thank you it's just not a religious principle. This is true for everyone. We can share this information with everyone. Um, so God, I want to pray for folks here. I said, I can't imagine somebody here that has no area to need to work on. But uh, So I, I, I pray the prayer for all of us. That we would be, take this serious. That we wouldn't just think, oh, yeah, I feel convicted. So I've had a good religious experience. God, you and I are good. And just go on our lives the same way. That's being simple. That's not being wise. That's not being prudent. So help us see the path. See where it's headed. Give us wisdom to know what to do. And most of the time it's not that hard. Take a financial class or go to a financial counselor. Go see a counselor about our, our marriage or, or a retreat or, see, or read a book. Uh, there's all kinds of information out there on the Internet and all these different areas. But first and foremost is our relationship with you, God. And, you know, just because we felt convicted this morning doesn't mean our relationship was good with you. If we, if we leave you in this place and we spend the week doing whatever we want to do, ignoring you, how would my wife feel if I gave her an hour of my life? That relationship wouldn't be good. So, God, uh, let's prioritize a relationship with you. You're beside us, inside us each step of the way. So we ask for wisdom. And we pray for anyone, God, that's not a Jesus follower or maybe walked away from you years ago. The day would be the day. They see the wisdom in your word and they understand that you, you took the hardest path to go to the cross, to suffer and die so that we could have a path back to you, God. How awesome is that? So you've given us the ultimate example for us to follow. But God, just do your work not only just convict us, God, move us to action that will honor you and honor those in our, we have a relationship, those people, folks in our lives. And we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.